You are not ready for this episode. John Mueller just deleted all the tweets that say that the HCU just went as expected and Google is happy with the results. And sneaky SEOs are using Google Groups, a subdomain of Google itself, for parasite SEO in order to distribute malware. Basically, Google search is on fire. So that means they're probably rolling back all the shenanigans they released on us in the last few months, right? Well, predicting the future in this industry is not easy, but that's still something we try to do every single year for fun and profit. If you think about it, just one year ago, all you could hear about was ChatGPT, ChatGPT, ChatGPT. And now when I open my YouTube feed, it's still ChatGPT everywhere. But the wild predictions that people made back then did not come to fruition. Search traffic did not die due to AI, and people are still very much using Google to find stuff online. AI so far had very little impact on search traffic. You see, what seemed obvious one year ago is not so much today. But we're still gonna try to do that today, first by reviewing the predictions we made last year, and I think you'll be quite surprised at how accurate some of these were. Then we'll make a new set of predictions for 2024 with all the major changes that we expect to see in the next few months. So buckle up because this episode is a lot of fun, but also some very serious talk about what's happening in the industry right now and how you can adapt in the future. Before we get started, let me thank today's sponsor, Search Intelligence, one of the leading digital PR agencies that focuses on backlinks built cleanly to your website through their campaigns. I'll tell you more about them a bit later in this episode. Oh, and make sure you stay until the end of the episode, as this is our last episode of the year, we have a little Christmas surprise for you at the end of it. It's also an opportunity for us to say thank you for everyone who tuned in this year. It's been great. So many of you showed up every single time we release the podcast episode. And if you're not subscribed yet, what are you doing? But for now, let's get going with the predictions. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. Today we are going for a recurring topic, and it's another Mark and Gale episode. It's been a long time we have done that, but I think uh, some people me? some people missed it. So a lot of people missed the how's it going Mark uh, answer or, or, or the lack of answer. Therefore, is there? Is, do you have any answer today, or, or is that... I mean pretty good? There's actually been a lot of things happen out in Thailand at a couple conferences, Chiang Mai SEO, where I know we met a lot of. Uh, subscribers, listeners, followers, customers, which is great. We had a big party there for all our our members, and that was a lot of fun. Good Flash conference photos overall. Now. Just, yeah, yeah, just very, very tired from from that, and good to be back in the swing of things and back at work. I also, I didn't talk about this last time, but I got rid of my. Uh, oh, you when I got my when I got my bedroom, <laughs> this is a spare bedroom, the walls are like painted. I guess the designer was like, oh, red and blue, Authority Hacker Colors, and just painted something. I oh. thought it looked cool. Someone in the YouTube comments was like, oh, it looks like a kid's bedroom. And then as soon as they said that, it's just like, it does look like a kid's bedroom. Oh, no. So I, it took me a while, but I eventually got it changed, and it looks, yeah, a little bit more serious now. So if you like my new backroom wall, leave us a comment, please. And the only air conditioner in Scotland as well. The only one that is... Uh, Which on functions roof. very well as a heater in the winter <laughs> yeah. if you need yeah. just to heat one room. So it's very efficient. But uh, I feel like I'm going through the stages of life with your background, you know? Like you're going to get the old age one in like a year or two where you get the little cuckoo uh, clock or something. Honestly, you know? <laughs> so I, like you said, like I got a notification today from Facebook like 12 years ago that said it was a post I made. It was like, oh, after 
eight years as a loyal Nokia customer, I'm finally moving to Android. I wonder if it has Snake. Yeah. And just reading that, I was like, oh my God, how times have changed since then. Some people listening to this podcast were less than 10 years old at that time. That's so, scary. Yeah. That's scary. Let's jump onto the prediction talking about time passing. Like We're going to do the first half of this podcast where we're going to go back over the predictions we made last year because we do this format every single year. That's kind of what makes it fun. We'll see how correct or incorrect we were and you can judge our competence based on that, I guess. It's not always glorious but i think we did pretty okay this year and then this the was our best year ever yeah. I mean, we got some things really spot on i was surprised looking back at this i guess we're getting better like it only took like 10 years to of this format to actually start to get better then we can we're gonna go over our predictions for next year and then in the next podcast episode we'll talk about things we're changing in how we run things next year. So it's going to be a bit more of a serious one. This one is a, it's kind of like a, a fun going back to what happened this year episode. And next episode, we're really going to go serious onto what you should be changing in your business next year, what's changing in relation to a lot of things we're going to talk about right now. But now let's jump into the prediction. What was the first prediction, Mark? First prediction was that SEO will be 95% the same in 2023 as it was in 2022. And... Give some context I, I, to this, yeah. So this was really like, we says a large scale changes, big changes in SEO don't happen overnight and take a long time to happen. And the way you do content may change a little bit. AI coming along may influence the way you produce things or how you, the consistency of your team and writers and all that stuff. But actually at its core, we felt that SEO wouldn't change that much. Bearing in mind, when we filmed this a year ago, this G was uh, like, GPT, oh, ChatGPT had, yeah. had just come out and everyone was like, oh my God, this it's is going to change everything tomorrow. I think as a reaction to that, we were right. Like It hasn't. SEO is more or less the same as it was a year ago. AI hasn't taken over. AI content hasn't run riot. There are certainly instances. We're talking about that. that. Yeah, we're talking about that. There's that thread uh, on um, Twitter recently where someone had... other uh, SEO heist? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, basically, I can't remember the, the name of the tool, but basically, Wordable? No, not Wordable, another tool. Byword, sorry. Byword is like the guy who runs the tool basically said, oh, we pulled the SEO highest. We took the sitemap from our competitors. We put it in our tool. We generated thousands of pages and bada beam, bada boom, we have a bunch of traffic to our website thanks to all this AI content. And he showed like uh, a, a SEMrush graph, I think, at the time. And his traffic was like double, something like that. It went far beyond the SEO world, right? It's like, uh, even even the yeah. guy who replaced Sam Hartman as CEO of OpenAI for like 48 hours or something, like started tweeting about this and talking about it. So it really went quite big. There was lots of media coverage. There's 5 million views or tweets uh, or retweets yeah, or something. It's it crazy. Just, you yeah. know, it got mainstream media coverage. Like, I got the world talking about SEO. It got people hate on AI content. And together, I don't know if you follow, but there's another story that developed at the same time, which was Sports Illustrated was caught using fake author profiles. And the articles were written by AI, basically. But people kind of reverse engineered the images and figured out it was not real authors. And like a lot of people were also like, there was a big movement on hating on publications publishing AI content from the side of the users of the internet, not from the side of SEO, right? And look, this is something thing which even before AI, SEOs were copying people's sitemaps and having yeah, writers Yeah, they did the same like, thing. That's yeah, not that's... a new thing in this industry. It was a debate. And, like, no one's surprised, but no one in the industry is surprised. But I think that people outside the industry are like, oh, wow. Especially because this... they called it an SEO heist. It kind of had that yeah, the angle uh, you know, was like, robbery, like theft kind of angle to it. And it, it got a lot of people riled up. 
And it was the debate on like, is he right or not? Like SEOs do that manually. So is having AI do the same thing, like really unethical or not? And it's like, it's an interesting debate to be honest. Like yeah. provided the, the call it, like forget the quality of content problem. That is an interesting debate. If AI does what you do manually, how is that different ethically? It's the same thing, but like it just got, it put a spotlight on what the SEO industry does a lot, which is looking at what's working and doing the same. To be honest, it's not just the SEO industry. If you take like a YouTube course, if you take all of that, yeah, they all yeah, tell yeah. you to do that. Like everything everywhere in all marketing is just observing what works and taking inspiration from that. It's just that I think SEO puts it more crudely, you know, like the way it's what it is, like it's more direct than many other industries. And therefore it may be seen as like a little bit less ethical, but yeah. Overall, all that to say, that prediction on SEO will be the same. Yeah, traffic hasn't dropped from ChatGPT. People are still using Google, even though ChatGPT is around, even though AI is growing a lot. It's like there has been traffic drops, but they didn't come from ChatGPT. And it made me think of a quote from Bill Gates that said, like, people overestimate the changes that will happen in two years from this new technology, but underestimate the change that will happen in 10 years from this technology, uh, which I think this is a very good illustration of that. Like, ChatGPT is awesome. This technology is going to change a lot of things. But over the course of one year, SEO still generates around the same amount of traffic to websites, albeit maybe different websites through the updates, and we'll talk about that. But SEO is not dead, as many people predicted exactly one year ago. So I think I think we can take this one as mostly correct. Just before we jump in, it's interesting just on that, because you said Sam Altman was uh, following that that Twitter thread. No, no, no. The guy so, who replaced Sam Altman for, oh, okay. for the not, not Sam Altman. S still, OpenAI changed something I saw in their terms of service recently to say that you can't misrepresent the output of what they give as something else. I'm sure it's just like a legal covering, but yeah. you know, from, from the legal department. But technically, that means that you can't pretend it was written by a human or you can't pretend it's your own if it's taken from someone else or something like that. So I feel like we're not there yet, but there's going to be some more like actual legal cases around this stuff at some point in the future. There has to be. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it, but a lot of, of stuff's happening around watermarking these models as well. So you can reverse engineer or generate. But yeah, let's jump on to the second prediction because uh, time's passing. Uh, the second prediction was generic links will lose more actual value more actual no, and more perceived actual value. actual and perceived value. So what we mean by actual value is, uh, are they going to work to rank your site? Perceived value is, are the masses, the end clients hiring SEO agencies going to be aware, aware of it? And I, I've been predicting for years that this is, is going to change. <laughs> I feel like it has from an actual perspective, like these, like these links, they just don't links, move the yeah. needle. Generic link farm guest post link from like sites that exist purely to sell links and yeah. nothing else really. They just don't work nearly as well as they as they used to. That's been a continuing trend. However, very few people outside of those building the links and you know site owners in the SEO space seem to be aware of that. Yeah. And plenty of these agencies are just selling the same. 500 they're links banking. from their, their network, <laughs> yeah. They're basically, they refined their marketing, I think. Like the way these same services are presented is a lot more refined now. Like it, it looks yeah. like something that's done better. And, and and in some aspects, it is done better for many things, but not necessarily in things that move, in aspects that move the needle, you know, in terms of like helping you rank. And it's like, it feels like a lot of link buying these days, it doesn't do anything unless, uh, except making the link seller richer, basically. <laughs> uh, that's the main yeah. effect it has. <laughs> Google used to, back in the day when I were a lad. Uh, uh, when you to, had a Nokia phone, used, yeah. Yeah, right. They used to have <laughs> actual penalties and you know people would get manual penalty notices and there would be Google updates 
around bad links but just it's been a long time since we we had one of those and so i think people just there's more people have forgotten about that and so they get away with it yeah, Google used to slam dunk platforms and uh, and websites that sell link as well. Like, you know, at the time of MadCats, yeah. like, for example, my blog guest, which was like a link exchange uh, platform, they literally de-indexed the whole thing. You would type my blog guest yeah. in Google, it wouldn't even show up anymore. They'd be like, we don't want this yeah. shit anymore. Uh, they and would tweet go like, oh, yeah. link banner <laughs> network, <Bye-bye. laughs> we found you, bye, like that kind of thing. MadCats yeah. was cool, I miss that. Uh, it's actually, like, yeah. they were like, so it's, it's they're, they're a little bit more... Uh, Refrain now. I think it has to do with the lawsuits and uh, the fact that they're seen as a monopoly. Like being able to just yeah, erase businesses is, is a that's problem. That's a you know? really good point. Like they don't <laughs> want to be seen as they can just come in and say, "Hey, we think that your business is bad, so yeah. we're getting ready." That's like that's going to come up in all the one of these antitrust suits, like you like you say. So I think what they've been doing is just quietly doing yeah, that, just not saying they've been doing that. So the impact has been that these links don't work i don't actually work as in the well. same way that yeah. they did five years ago whereas people a lot of people aren't really aware that that's happened because they're not because of so a lack of communication up. but google rather would rather cover their own back than save seos money basically so exactly. i'd say it's a half correct prediction in the sense that i think like when i talk to like the really advanced people that actually do spend large large amounts of money on links etc like they are running away from these kind of services they're much more focused on like acquisitions now merging sites and all like fewer but much better quality links or digital pr which oh. i think now is, is as good of any segue to today's okay. sponsor which is going to be search intelligence the digital pr agency we got 20 links and placements on massive websites such as the express mirror daily record and many more with a campaign about the pros and cons of popular diets. Mm, how about? This is exactly how we've done it. Our client is a very popular fitness client. We have asked them to provide thorough expert commentary about the pros and cons of the most popular diets. Once we have this information, we put this in a nice email and send it out to 15,000 Yes, 15,000 journalists from around the world that write about fitness. So good. And all healthy. Big publications picked up our story from the email, giving our client massive, juicy, saucy, healthy links that are 100% relevant to their website and that will keep the rankings of the website in a great shape. You see what I've done there? I hope this case study inspires and that you will start leveraging expert commentary type campaigns to land links to your or your client's website, just like we've done it with this campaign. And thanks again to Ferry from Search Intelligence for sponsoring today's episode. They're actually doing a digital PR campaign for us right now. And when we'll we're share the, the results, right? Yeah, we'll share the results in a future episode. But when we were at the Chiang Mai SEO conference, we got like thousands of retweets one day uh, by <laughs> this, uh, this this article. It was like sort of to do with celebrity popularity and search trends and, and things like that. And it really got shared a lot on Twitter. I was, I was very surprised by, by that. So Yeah, yeah. When you, you don't just get uh, links as well. That's the interesting part of digital PR. It's like you do get lots of like interesting signals that, in my opinion, like improve the quality of your brand. Like we got lots of mentions, for example, like a lot of articles they got us in 
they uh, it's like they didn't necessarily not link all link back to us or all link back with a do following but they would always mention our brand and what we do for example so in terms of like these brand mentions etc yeah it was pretty cool but we'll share that more in in another episode i don't want to share too just much. to be clear like the, it is specifically for link building it's usually in that case what w they'll get a link from one article and then other kind of oh we got cats. lots of good links yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah, we've got lots of good links, but I think it's like the the perks is it's not just that. It's like social mention. Extra thing, yeah. It's like uh, like mention of your brand with what you do next to it, etc. Lots of interesting things. Anyway, let's stop talking about that. We'll have a whole episode talking about this. It's an it's an interesting case study, so, and it's going to be fun to share. But let's talk about the next prediction which we had, which was. I think surprisingly accurate to the point where it looks like we're like connivent with Google, you know, like a little bit. You could not, like, if you were to go back and write this, this is, this is scary. So in the exact words were lots of core and helpful content updates will roll out and misfire. Like, I think it's pretty safe to say that that, that happened. Obviously a helpful content update, September, 2023. It was the biggest update, Google update, I think this side in a of while. the industry has yeah. felt in 10 years. A lot of people, I, no, no, I, I think since no, I think since 10 years Panda, is pushing. I think, Medic, I think Medic was pretty big too. It's like people forgot a little bit. but Yeah, you're probably big. right. 2018, still in, in a decent amount of time. Yeah, and the thing is like we said that it's going to be a roller coaster because of all the new AI development. So it was at the time, again, ChatGPT just came out. We're like, it writes pretty well to the point where you could use some of that content on your site. And... While we, we we haven't done a ton of that this year on our sites, we felt like a lot of the industry would adopt, would adopt that and that Google would have to react just because it would bloat the index. And therefore, they would have to react with pretty strong updates pretty fast because it's just like flooding the index and, and they have limited resources, basically. And so they did. And this is, this is, this is one of those cases where they, they did it, but they needed to be seen to be doing it as well. And they need to go to fast. To dissuade people from putting out non-helpful content, AI content. I think the speed AI matters content. as well. I think the reason why a lot misfired is because they had to go fast. And so they didn't yeah. necessarily have as much testing time. They, they were pushed very heavily, I think, in terms of resource struggle to roll these things fast. And I think that's why a lot of these core updates and the infamous HCU have done this year and rolled out with lots of unintended consequences, such as this massive dis Google Discover bug, for example, that like eradicated the traffic from a lot of people with one of the core updates. And Google even admitted there was bugs in it, etc. And then the the frequency of of rollouts, right? Like you did some stats on the on the updates, right? Like what's the it's crazy. Notes? So like Google themselves, they have like a sort of FAQ on their their blog, and they they say something along the lines of like, why are there so many updates happening right now? <laughs> And their response is, we roll out updates when we need them. There's been the same amount this year in 2023 as there has in 2022 and 2021, which was, I think, 10 or 11, which is true. However, since HCU, there's hardly been a single day when there hasn't been at least one update rolling around. We had three updates running at the same time throughout October. The updates that are running are taking a lot longer than even Google expected. I think the entire month of November has had, bar the 1st of November, has had one or usually two updates running. It's been, it's been crazy. And I remember at the end of HCU, Someone asked John Mueller, like, oh, are you happy with everything? He's like, yep, everything's great. <laughs> no, um, he did say well, no, nothing's changing. He said something like, we're not bringing it, we're not rolling it back. That's what he said, exactly. We're not rolling it back, but that's that's Google speak for like, yeah. oh, we're just going to deploy five new updates in the next two months to tweak some other things. Totally unrelated, 100%. Yeah. It's been interesting. I think also the length of the updates is reflective of the 
massively increasing size of the index Google has to deal with. Like probably the reason it takes longer is just because there's so many more pages to go through in terms of classifying and therefore they take longer. And, and it's like, if that has anything to tell us, it's like now they the, a core update takes almost double the time that it did a year ago, um, which probably signals like a large, large amount of new pages generated this year uh, on the scale much, in much higher than what we had before, basically. In October, November, the number of update days, like the percentage of update days was like 170% of the actual <laughs> days because there are multiple updates running at the same time. But I, I worked out the average in 2022, and that's like five times more than normal. So without question, stuff is happening there. And I can't see any other reason than this being a a reaction to to fix some things that HCU's done. Okay, let's jump on to the next one, which is not very good. This one, not not, not nearly as good as the previous one, which says 2023 will be the year of ads rush. And basically, end of last year, RPMs were increasing rapidly, and ads were on pace to match slash potentially outpace affiliate marketing as a monetization method for smaller publishers, just because networks like Raptive and Mediavine did such a good job at uh, getting lots of money for your visits, basically. And so like, and, and also AI content that was potentially mixed with ads would make lots of money, basically. So it's, uh, we, we were quite wrong because literally, I think a week after we started shooting, uh, after we shot the predictions last year, not even into the next year, the ad revenue went down a lot. We actually can check the Ezoic ad revenue index, which is a pretty interesting page that Ezoic maintains that shows you like kind of like an index on like how much ads pay for websites. And it's, it went down like a good like 30% or something all the way into January. So it was a pretty big one. It's coming back now, but obviously this year has been less good than 2022 in terms of ad earnings for most people as a year. And so like, I think that was, and, and a lot of people kind of like de-invested from that. And also the updates didn't help, like, you know, killing lots of long tail content, et cetera. So the whole ad model and just, just took a hit, economy you know? as well. Yeah. You know, people are like big, big corporations are spending less on, on ads. Like that, that's a way they tighten their budgets when, when times are, are tough. Like we just seen Black Friday seems to be in a, a bit of a dud for many, at least physical retailers. Sales haven't gone as, as expected a lot of people. And I think that's just reflective of, of where we're at with, uh, you know, inflation yeah. and all this kind of stuff going on right now. So it's a, it's a small stagflation situation we're in right now. And so it's getting better, but yeah. So it's like overall, yeah, we were wrong on this one. It was not the year of ads rush. A lot of people, the state stable all divested from pure ads. And obviously the HCU seems to have affected sites that were heavily monetized with ads and had bad UX because of that, basically. Therefore it made a lot of people reduce the number of ads on their pages, which in turn reduce the appeal of the business model. I'll take the loss here. I don't think that was a good prediction, actually. Let's take the next one. Next one was definitely accurate. <laughs> uh, so it was another wave of SEO is dead will hit the industry with the chat GPT, chat GPT's growth. AI, uh, and, yeah, and AI, AI so in general, GPT. yeah. I mean, this was written just as chat GPT had, had come out and was, you know, the fastest app ever to get to 100 million users or something like that. And yes, absolutely. So do, like, it seems a while ago now, but do you remember the first quarter of this year, 
People were like genuinely scared. Yep. Skynet was about to take over, and everything yep. was gonna gonna go uh, go shit. You know, I was a bit like that as well. Selling. Like I you, felt like a... I mean, maybe people don't know this, but Gail's like I don't know. You're not quite a conspiracy theorist, but like you kind of I kind of like uh, tend to exaggerate the, the initial trends a little bit when they come out. It's not so much that. It's like you're more kind of in tune with the negative, like potential problems and and, yeah, and things. And and I I say I I try and be more positive sometimes <laughs> to balance that out, but yeah, there's there's definitely a few. Oh my god, this is terrible! This is terrible! But and then it wasn't uh, so bad. Yeah, it's, it's like it's exactly what you said earlier in the show, though. Like the Bill Gates quote, you know, people yeah, yeah. exaggerate what's going to happen in the short term and then think, oh, nothing's changing, and then actually it does change over the medium to long term. And it's I, actually I a discussion I had with exactly Musk. In a previous episode, we talked a little bit about that. She felt the same, actually. When it came out, she was like, oh, it's all over for publishing, etc. And then now she's like a lot more confident. But like the thing as well is like, it's not just ChatGPT. Beginning of the year, Google announced SGE as well, right? It's like they announced like they're going to put a bunch of AI on top of the subs. And that, and that I think, really I felt think concrete in terms of Because they did a bad job of kind initially. of explaining what that would look like. Because, yeah. you know, it was just a, a, a very like alpha model that had no ads and, you know, no, no references. No links. So, yeah. so it felt initially like oh they're just gonna scrape all our content give the answer and not send you any traffic it's over i mean obviously if they did that 100 it, it's over but you know you it, did that video where you actually explored and when you got into it it, wasn't it, so it took bad, a yeah. while to load and they did link to people and even some smaller sites not just the forbes and stuff of the the, the world so i think there's a there's a, a lot of things will continue to change when that comes out fully but it just hasn't been, and it's not going to be as bad as, no. as people thought. That was the first half of the year. Then we've also got the second half of the year, which is, <laughs> you know, helpful content came out. And, and a lot of people, was, a lot yeah. of affiliate sites especially, were were affected by this. And same thing, SEO is dead. SEO is dead. Like, how, what, how will the industry ever recover? You see that when, uh, you know, a lot of people in this industry make uh, income reports. <laughs> and then when they stop, <laughs> you know, there's a problem, you know. I'm not going to give names, but a lot of people that used to do income reports stop at that time. And and for good reasons, to be honest, because a lot of people got affected by this update. Most people got affected by this update yeah. negatively. Like, not always in a business-shattering way. Like, sometimes it's a minus 10 or minus 20% uh, traffic, which sucks, but it's like, you know, it sets you back six months or nine months in terms of SEO progress or something. Like, it doesn't always go up and right in your graphs. It's okay, but like, it's like, there was this vibe at the beginning of HCU that was quite negative. I think now it's coming back a bit. Like, people are like starting to recover some sites and like, uh, yeah. figure out what Google wants again. Like, uh, like the core, the last core update wasn't nearly as strong. So it's like, it's been it was a quite while. helpful for some, some sites. Yeah, know. several people start coming back as well, etc. So now it's like, you can see like, it's, it's growing back again, but you can definitely see the cycles of the industry, basically. So to kind of get to the, the, the question or the prediction was another wave will of SEO de as dead will hit the industry. I think we got it right, but we got it right twice. So I don't know if we gave ourselves <laughs> two points for that. No, nah, we got one cheating. point. I will say, just to go back to the Mark is old theme that I started earlier. When I first Great got team. into this industry in, in 2008, <laughs> I remember going on forums and people back then were saying SEO is dead. And it clearly it's lasted 15 years since since then. So it's one of these things, there's this analogy in ping pong and table tennis that unless you're a pro, the best way, the best strategy, the best way to play is to play not to lose. So just, just do whatever it takes just to gently get the ball to hit the table and wait for your opponent to make a mistake lose give up and you can kind of see that happening sometimes in 
in the SEO industry. You know, like the people who last and the people who stay there the the, the longest are are those that that win, not necessarily the people that have massive spikes yeah. and you know like those. So that's basically an analogy for trends. saying don't run after like the quick hacks, quick wins that like give you big boosts, yeah. but rather play, play the long basis. game. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's like definitely like it's something that that's showing now. Like there's the we'll sort we'll talk about that later, but that's definitely something that's happening right now. Let's talk about the next one, which is I don't think was fully correct, but I mean, in a way it was, but not in the way we thought it would go. And the prediction was people will finally figure out how to use AI in their content, how to control AI, manipulate it to get what they want, and essentially do non-spammy content with AI, not one-click AI content. No, people just <laughs> spam it. Uh, that, yeah, that, that's do. not 100% true. Most people uh, some people are, do are, good you know, stuff. One but... click, one click article generators, maybe a tiny bit of editorial on it, but it, it's not great. They're competing over low, low to mid competition keywords, and their their thing is let's let's do it at scale. It feels like Surfer has completely pivoted to being like an AI content generator in terms of their marketing right now. Like all the feature releases, all everything, etc. Is just releasing that, for example. And and it's like... I, I don't. I don't think that's the best move I'm not for them or fan, for the yeah. industry long term. I mean, I said this to them as, as, as well, but it's really tapping into that segment of the market that wants quick wins, and, and you can sell them stuff. You that you make we make a, a YouTube video on how to make a hundred dollars a day with ChatGPT. It's gonna get a ton of views because it's like tapping into that primal, like oh yeah, quick win, I can make money and not not have to do any work type thing. But actually, it's probably not the best thing to be teaching people. Or, uh, it's not just that, but I think uh, using AI is just as much work if you want to do it correctly. If you want to build, like, you need to build processes, you want to build, like, uh, multiple steps, and then you want to do your prompts, and you want to refine them. And it's like, it's hours of work still, just different. To, to put this into perspective, we have one of our uh, HPro Platinum members who, he's been on a, a few of our, our group calls now in, in Platinum, and he sort of, like, dropped a few hints and things about his team and what, what he's doing. But they, they have... Was it 20 or 40 full-time developers working on like a programmatic approach? They're using AI for content creation, but like they, they have this massive team and multi-level prompts and like data warehousing for all this uh, yeah, it's information tech, you know? that they're trying to do. It's really like fucking complex shit. And it's it's not just like you with your chat GPT and a couple plugins are, are going to be producing, you know, world stopping content here. It's, it's not gonna happen yeah so basically like to summarize it like the industry has embraced ai content but the lowest effort ai content like the minimum dose ai content it's working for some people at least temporarily we talked about this seo high story that site's tanking now it's like yeah. they're actually tanking completely and it's like a lot of people tend to do that a lot of people also still held in rankings potentially even went up with updates like we have a staff member who has an ai site just for fun and literally, with every update where a lot of legit size got hammered, his AI side kept going up. And he's showing me the GSC, and we talk about this, etc. It's kind of fun to follow. And so, like, it's it's not perfect, and it, it, it can work. So if you want that kind of, like, short-term burst of money, potentially you can make AI work. The, my problem is that a lot of people are investing lots of time and effort into building these low-quality projects using one-click AI articles, for example. And I, I'm afraid that in two or three years, they'll have nothing to show for it because the technology will have moved on, like whatever skills you're picking up right now, they'll be useless. Uh, and then 
most of these sites will not generate traffic anymore. And then you'll just be back to square one in two or three years and start over, which it's not how you build wealth, basically. Like you build wealth by building assets that compound over time. And it's like, that means resisting these low hanging fruits. It can be a way to generate initial cash if you're really struck for cash though. It's like, yeah. I think for some people, like if you're, if you're in a financial situation where you can't justify investing even a bit of money into your projects and you're really, really strapped for cash, it's probably, there's a, probably an opportunity with that right now. And then build your war chest and then just build something serious after. And sell whatever you're going to build yeah. quickly. Uh, like don't, and, don't oh, cash. hold on to it. Yeah, it I mean, it's so. hard to sell these days, but I just generate cash basically. And then save it up and invest in something that's more long-term. Yeah, I think for a segment of the population, there is something to do here that's interesting. And it's not illegal. Like it's, it's up to Google to rank stuff or not rank stuff. If they can't figure it out, it's their problem. But... For most people who are already okay financially, my feeling is it's a waste of time and, and there, a lot of people are wasting their time right now. So that's pretty much it. Let's jump on to the next one, unless you want to add something to this. No, let's do it. Right, the next one is building an authentic brand will be more rewarded than ever before, especially as Google starts to reward EAT. And yeah, I mean, I think Again, we're pretty pretty much on the money here. Helpful content, at least it's not tried perfect. to do yeah. this. As we said, it misfired. There's, I think there's still some more uh, updates to come to, to fix that completely, but it's you see the where they want to that, go. That yeah, going. you see where Google wants to go and you know how much money and resources they have to get there, which tells me they'll get there 80%. You know, it's like, it's very hard to, to be perfect as a search engine, but I think they'll get there 80%. They've even announced that they are trying to reward first-hand experience in content, like a, like an executive in search, like I'll show you a search engine journal article on Bureau now, that they are trying to, to do that, right? They're trying to, it's, it's becoming ranking factors. It's not just bullshit, etc. There's also the podcast with NapLab, for example. So like NapLab, in my opinion, one of the best small publisher review sites that you'll find on the internet in terms of how they review their mattresses, etc. He is skyrocketing like even further. Like I think he's up 30% since the podcast already. Like since the podcast where he was already skyrocketing. That site's being rewarded for doing good shit, basically. Just want to add that in next year, early next year, we do have one or two really cool interviews coming out with site owners that that do this stuff just exceptionally well. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss those episodes as well. There are counter examples. So like the example I have here is like retrododo.com. This guy is like the most legit guy on Twitter talking about building sites. Like it's he's good and he he tests this stuff. He reviews uh, like retro gaming stuff. So like there's a lot, there's a big industry around that now. He got slapped by the updates, basically. He went from like... 700k to like his href says like 400k now something like this so it's a it's a it's a big drop for a good site yeah this is the first time i saw this site actually when you, you we talked about this at the, the show having a look at it like it's good like it's a retro gaming site he buys all the consoles like looks into the, uh, the writing the actually problem, test huh? stuff there's videos yeah so I think that the app, the site looks a bit too much like kind of a cheap affiliate site. The content for some of the reviews, it's missing a lot of uh, of stuff in reviews in the Google reviews guidelines. You know, uh, quantitative, qualitative review scores on each item. Just 
it feels like they can turn it from like a six to an eight out of ten, and that would that would fix a lot of the problems there. I mean, I don't know if it would fix it, but it would be more in line with what is being recommended at least. But yeah, it's like I, I think yeah, I think the writing's a bit lengthy and like it's not as snappy as as it could be. Like it's a little SEOE the way it reads, but like bit it's, still, it's, still, it's still a good site. Like come on, like I'm sure there are many sites outranking him that do a well <laughs> for sure, like, for sure. So it's like that's where Google missed the target, and it's like that's where people are gonna push back. So I'm pushing back for them basically. So here you go. But like it also feels like a lot of these updates, in my opinion, it's like Google is changing the nature of the subs, not necessarily. There's some things that I think are not fully fixable, basically. I think they just decided on some subs, you know what, we want less content sites, we want to show more forums, more random widgets, more YouTube videos, more shit like that, because that's what people want to watch. And so, like, we had too many content sites before, and we're changing the way it is, and it's like... Which was actually... If you remember one of our predictions two years ago that they would uh, they would diversify the search yeah. a bit more, and I think they've done that. So I think there's like some there's a part that's fixable in some of these drives, but I think there's a part of deliberate choice from Google to just show less websites. And actually, talking about old predictions, I had one for years where I said shorter content will be rewarded, right? I was like, and I, I dropped it. <laughs> I didn't even do it last year, and now it's starting to happen. Like they're actually starting to rank shorter content. So it's like finally they understand. Like people on mobile. I don't want to read 3,000 words. And I would love it. I would love if uh, Google actually rewards like less than 1,000 word articles, for example, and you can actually rank for some queries. That would make content creation not always so heavy when you work on a single page. And as a user, it's like, you just want the answer, right? It's like, if more people turn to AI for answers, it's because they want more, a more brief answer as well. So anyway, I think we were pretty correct in the intentions of Google. I think in the application, in the real life application, it's a half correct point, I would say, because a lot of like decent sites got clapped as well. Let's talk about the next one which is site building will become more about UX, organizing and curating information than the content itself. Great sites will be more about creating a good user experience that will affect content visualization and display. So basically, sites that look like shit will rank less well. <laughs> Let's just say in plain terms. And it's like, it's hard to like confirm or deny it, but like obviously a lot of sites that look like default generate press install took a, a decent hit this year. Sites that use lots of ads from networks like Raptive and MediaVine who potentially tune the ad stuff a little bit too far seem to have been hit by HCU as well and all these updates. We got confirmation that Google is using click data and behavior, like things like hover on the link, etc., to affect rankings through their antitrust trial. Like they, they tried to hide that very much, but like this year all this stuff came out. So basically these things matter a lot more. Google has invested a lot in the page experience report in GSC, which also tells you they actually care about that. So, and my suspicion is that one of the reasons big sites do well is not just because they have a lot of links, which it still is one thing, but it's also because they have a very good experience on all screen sizes. It's like small sites tend to do like a good job on desktop because they're built on desktop. But then you go on mobile and like, you know, the menu kind of all the table of content, like takes two screens or something like that. Stuff is not collapsed. Elements that shouldn't show, don't show, like stuff is stacked vertically when it could still like maybe make a grid or something like this. Lots of things like that. Like personally, when I optimized our sales pages for that, like at some point I just did that. I just went through and I just uh, really spent a lot of time. Uh, our conversions like went up quite a bit actually because it matters. And so like overall, it is something that we are heavily investing in in our projects right now. I know a lot of the industry is obsessed with 
topical authority, entities, topical coverage, etc. We think about these things, but we chose to focus more on user experience. And we, for example, we're doing massive redesign projects right now. We're working with very good UX designers, etc., on making a lot of projects better. And it's something that seems to be more of a factor and more revealed as a factor through the trial. Yeah, it's one of those things that's quite difficult to really. Um, I'd say I'll have to tell you yes because no, yeah. is it the fact that design is better or is it the fact that people who spend the time and money to design it are also spend the time and money to make great content mm. and you know build links and that kind of thing so here's an example like an example that makes me think a lot about that for example so modern castle the other side from Derek the guy from NapLab, who's doing well the editorial quality is very good still like he reviews like vacuum cleaners and he has all these tests etc but the site is not built very well like it's not very nice in terms of like how it looks on multiple devices it's a little bit amateurish in the ux side of things right but it has still his first-hand experience type thing, etc. And the site still is going sideways right now, right? It's not really collapsing, but it's also not doing super great. And it's one of the major distinctions between Modern Castle and NapLab is that NapLab is built much better. It feels nicer on all devices, you know? It's also newer, so like it can it go is up. Also newer. Modern Castle, like it's one of the bigger ones in the industry. I know there's a lot of newspapers and, mm, and things like that not up, anymore. up there, but it's like comparing a startup in growth phase to some yeah, you know, yeah. more mature business. Like, of course, this startup is going to be growing much, much faster. So, but like, I, still, I, like, I take your you, point. Yeah. It's like it's one of the major differences between the two sites. And then it's like, despite the fact that the editorial is. So I think the editor on NapLab is a little bit higher, but it's also a harder industry. And so like, despite the fact that the editor is both very good, we have two different scenarios here, potentially based on, on experience. So it's like, it's, it's one of the case studies that makes me think that this stuff matters quite a bit more than people care for about. Like they care more about how many keywords do I inject in my article than what does it look like and how much time do people spend on the page. And I think that's potentially misdirection from the industry right now. Anything else to add on this or should we jump on the last one? Last one was uh, Google shopping queries will become more refined. This was your, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. (laughs) I actually watched a video for that. So it's like, I understood. So what I meant was that Google's going to start using more widgets, et cetera. So it's like, I think I gave an example in the previous podcast of some dog food queries, where it's like, you know, Google had these shopping widgets with like the price and it it summarized the reviews for multiple sites and you could click on the e-com, et cetera. So Basically, Google is going to do a lot more UX shit on these kind of like Google pages. I think it has happened. So one thing that I had never seen before, but I've seen this year, is this faceted search, right? So you search for best something. You know how on Amazon you get a left sidebar and you can say like, oh, more than four stars, under 100, da, 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 etc. Google has that in search now for a lot of random preview queries, like best queries, etc. And so that's what I meant. Like Google's going to pop more of these widgets and UX elements to almost feel like Google becomes like Amazon when you Google one of these queries and then you navigate, you navigate websites, but kind of like they're part of that UX rather than just being a blue link on the, on the surf. So I think Google has rolled out more of this stuff, like this faceted search is new, but also SGE has a, like if you Google query that is an affiliate query, quite often they will come up with a table, like list the products, pros and cons, and like links to e-com, et cetera, which essentially is them refining these Google shopping queries. I think there's definitely a lot of work being done there. Like they want to be that kind of like shopping search engine. They don't want Amazon to take that spot because that's where there's a lot of value in terms of ads. Like people are willing to pay a lot more when people are looking to buy. 
And uh, yeah, it's like obviously SGD is not fully rolled out at the time at which we're recording this, but there has been more of this. So I think this is this is pretty correct, but it does affect like click-through rate on affiliate subs, for example. So like people will potentially click less on your search result, despite the fact that you haven't dropped in ranking. So one thing that I've seen on, on several sites as well is like they rank the same, but their traffic's lower because there's more things on the serve that distract clicks away from websites, for example. That's pretty much it for the prediction. So where are we at? So we actually only got five out of nine, which is just I over 50%. I which, thought we were good, uh, but... So here's the thing. We got half of them right, half of them wrong. Maybe we're just kind of like throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and, and got lucky half the time. But the ones we got right, They're very we right. got very, very right. That was scarily so. So maybe the quantity of right answers wasn't, wasn't up <laughs> to think- far, but the quality of them was good. So you should pay attention for this next Sounds like a, a Because we're going to do the answer. same for 2024. <laughs> That's like what you say when you lose at a game, you know? It's like, oh yeah, that was... Well, what I did right. I will, was I will stick with my participation medal for, for that any day of the week. Okay, prediction for next year. Do the first one. First one is there's going to be a split in the SEO industry as it becomes more divided. There's going to be those who are constantly chasing the algorithm and there are those who are going for the more let's say high quality build a brand eeat like chasing genuine ux signals rather than trying to kind of like trick google and i i don't mean to like be sound too kind of negative when i say trick google i mean we we're all trying to do that in in some way it's just in more or less ethical been ways. A, a bigger divergence and i really noticed this at some of the conferences we, yeah. we were at recently like the approaches some people were were taking was like the response to helpful content update was do everything except make better content which kind of surprised me a little bit because that's probably where i would i don't think a single talk was really about making better content it was just like what's the next think, trick to rank higher <laughs> so i think that's partly because it's quite hard to articulate yeah. beyond a certain certain point like content quality like it's a very nuanced thing and you you need to spend a long time like getting into it and explaining a lot of really like little details about why this yeah, but paragraph's better than this one it's really not hard just to that no 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 for example the ux stuff like nobody talked about that like nobody talked about how do we make yeah. sites that make people stay longer on the site like there's lots of mechanics you can use for that like tricks to increase user interaction and potentially we'll make some content around that but it's also quite difficult like you start really start getting away from marketing and into kind of like web design there as well which again it's like it's something you've got to be clued up on these days if you want to a little bit make a a top site yeah so but yeah i've saw a lot of people who literally got destroyed by hcu kind of like annoyed because they put effort into that site and it's like they lost it and then they're like, well, fuck this then. I'm just doing AI content because like, anyway, if my site is going to get slapped by an update, regardless of my level of effort, I might as well not put any effort. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I feel like there's, there's definitely a part of that industry, especially those who took hard hits from the updates, that's turning to gray hat, basically. It's just instead of content spinning, it's, it's AI content. But that's pretty much it. And so, I mean, like maybe this is a bit of a, a free one because like it's kind of already starting to happen, but I think... This is going to happen in a big way and you'll you'll start seeing people 
in the SEO industry give very different advice from each other yeah. in 2024, especially as people start to come up with new solutions to helpful content and other updates, which which are happening and will happen next year as well. I think there was really for a long time a big convergence on, of, of ideas. And a lot of people, you know, we used to be very different from the people in the gray hat space. And we kind of like went more yeah, that way. Yeah, a little and, bit, yeah. You know, they came more white hat and it, it was all essentially became the same a few years ago, really. So Yeah, and the thing is like the industry has very low standards for like research and advice. So it's like anyone can say anything right now. We're kind of like in this confusion zone where people are just like, they're using the, it's like they're like little finger in Game of Thrones. It's like, you know, chaos is a ladder, you know? <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, I can take opportunity of all these lost webmasters to push my my ideas etc it's a, like definitely there will be branches coming out of that i think also like the sge supply out changes that we talked about etc it's going to drive less clicks to a single piece of content like there's no all the changes google is making are not to drive more clicks to websites so in, in general there's a bit less clicks so it's like a lot of people are gonna have to either upgrade their business model to make more money per visit or, or like improve CRO. Or they're going to have to find cheaper ways of producing content, i.e. what Admos is doing and what I talked to her about in this podcast. Uh, check it out if you haven't checked it out. But like, there will be, because of these changes of how Google operates as well, it's like people will pick different routes, basically. Do you want to jump on the next one? Yeah, next one is more volatility in rankings will occur, followed by a period of stability. I think that Sounds like horoscope, ATU, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what we're doing here. It's, it's, it's very hard to conceive it. I mean, the reason we're already seeing that we had the helpful content update, which was perfect, no issues with that. And then Google released five other updates like next the next day, basically. So Google has a policy of not or trying to avoid trying, yeah. releasing updates around, I think they call it the, the holiday season. So basically from sort of Black Friday, Thanksgiving through Christmas, there's a lot of shopping stuff goes on there. And I guess retailers want stability and whatnot there. They try and do that. This Black Friday, they had, I think, two updates rolling during it. So it didn't quite work out. But I, th I think we're done once this review update finishes. I think we're done for 2023. But then I think in January, we're going to see a lot more still. They will have to slow down eventually. And we'll get to a, a period, I think, of relative stability, maybe in the second half of, of the year, where people will start figuring out what's going on and yeah. then, you know, like uh, readjusting their strategies and, and ranking again and being able to kind of grow grow that way. If they're constantly changing things too it's much, hard. it's very hard for small publishers, also for big publishers. You imagine being CNET or Forbes, like trying to come up with a, a strategy to deal with this. And for hundreds or thousands of people work, working on this stuff, it's it's difficult. And you know, you, you got to sometimes just wait and see where the dust settles before you, you make your next move. Yeah. A lot of big sites got big traffic swings as well. It's not just small sites, but yeah, it's like, I think that's when the industry is going to get bullish again, potentially linking the, that back to like economy. It's like there's a potentially also a rebound of the economy in the second half of next year. So it's like that might kind of like align well with all that stuff. And I think, yeah, it's like Google still needs to fix stuff. It's not there yet. Lots of good sites are down. They shouldn't be down. They know that. But once they figure it out, which I think it's going to probably take us to like June, July next year or something like this. Eventually, I think they will still release updates, but they're not going to be as big, right? For a while, core updates didn't do much, for example. Like they would release a core update. They would be, you'd get a 10, 20% traffic variation with the update, but we wouldn't go much further than that. Like eventually when we get there, we get recovery stories, people get to test, they figure out what works. It's going to be, people are going to get excited for the industry again, basically. And I think that 
if there are sites still that have been negatively affected that genuinely didn't deserve it, which there, you know, there definitely are a few. I think yeah. the majority of them will see probably not full recoveries in all case, but you know, a, a more positive swing in the first yeah. half of next year too. Okay, next one is Google makes an update that addresses big sites ranking for everything. So that one, we're all waiting for it, right? <laughs> we're like, when is Forbes not going to rank for like best bicycle for kids or something? Like it's, it doesn't make sense. CNET was ranking for, was it like best multivitamin or something? Yeah, recently. it's a tech it's site. It's like a tech know? site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. It's crazy. But you said that Google acknowledged this or yeah, something yeah, yeah. recently, right? So Danny Sullivan basically like said that he gets feedback from people at real life events like conferences, etc. And one of the number one complaints people had was this, that like big sites tend to rank for everything. And sometimes with not so great content, not better content than small sites, and it's just unfair, basically. So it's like, and they say they're looking into it. They're looking into it. It's, it could take a while. It's like, I, my guess would be like, I wouldn't hope anything until at least end of summer next year or something like this. Potentially it will start earlier, but like, they're looking into this. It's like, and we had lots of discussions with people at these conferences, etc., about that. My theory, because this is a theory episode, so I'm just going crazy. It's basically think about Google ranking sites in tiers. You know how you do these ranking tiers like S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, etc. And when you're in S tier, you can rank for everything. Like you just become relevant for every query, and you can rank. I, my opinion is Google is going to kill that S tier, and A tier will be the maximum where you'll be able to be very broadly ranking for business related keywords so like Forbes ranking for best office chair etc yeah I still, I still think that's happening um, but Forbes ranking for best take delivery service maybe not for example and so like relevancy will domain relevancy will probably kick in a little bit more in terms of rankings and then it's not going to be so easy to just take all this stuff all these rankings for big size because uh, it doesn't seem like people want that either. And and usually when people don't want that, for example, the Reddit queries, like people adding Reddit at the end of their queries doesn't go down in the next round of updates. They'll start asking questions around that and eventually they will address that. So yeah, I think there will be some- I think that's, that's, a, that's an interesting point, you know, that Reddit and Quora rank for a lot of stuff now. They added Reddit and Quora because people didn't just want affiliate sites, but they, they kind of took away affiliate sites, but left Forbes and stuff. And they, they still have that kind of content there. So that, like, is that really diversifying it away in, enough if that's still ranking kind of thing? It's not just that. It's like, you know, a lot of queries have the big sites ranking, but not necessarily Reddit and Quora, or like it's just one. So it's like, the question is like, let's say you have best tech delivery service and it's like, you have like USA Today, Forbes and SFGate, let's say. Let's say it's becoming a uh, parasite SEO thing. And then maybe you have Reddit below. If people are still typing best tech delivery Reddit after the recent changes in ranking and these big sites are still ranking, it's a sign that people are not happy with these results. Therefore, got it, got it. it's time to change it because people are literally searching another platform than Google because they can't, they're not happy. Like, it's just a symptom of this so, is not a good enough so, result. So essentially what you're saying is they take away like a bunch of affiliate sites, leave the big sites and have yeah, more and if it's still there. But, if, but they, they'll monitor if people still search for Reddit stuff. And then they say, okay, well, we, we haven't got rid of the problem here. Yeah, or how many people type more. a second query after that, for example, or like change it or something like that. Like it's like yeah. basically if they're not point. happy with good that point. and don't click on a result, it means we need to change this up, basically. So yeah, I think there will be, and I still think they will rank for a lot of stuff. I don't think it's, they're, they're gone anyway. I agree, but just thinking from a practical perspective, like you and I, when we use the internet to, to find stuff, okay, maybe go to YouTube or something is the default for certain products, but it's more a discovery when you're searching for like a best query, it's more a discovery process. Like, okay, you know, in the here in the UK, like the independent ranks for a bunch of stuff. So, like, so which lawnmowers are they recommending? And then I'll maybe go and look for 
Yeah, review you look at many YouTube or Reddit for, for each each of those. But that's more the kind of what's out there perspective. But it would be great if there was, you know, a specialist like the modern castle of lawnmowers was ranking for that number one above these big sites. That's what you want. Like, or you like want in that a, specialist e equally there. with them. Like it's like you, whoever puts the most effort ranks higher, basically. Like it's like yeah. like it's something like that. But now it's, true. it's yeah, biased. true, true. No, no, it's biased. It's like then at least the big size, at least they will have to invest a lot more in that content and they can't produce it nearly as fast. And that, yeah. that's a problem. Okay, let's go for the next one, which is Google will finally... Parasite SEO. Okay, fine. <laughs> Parasite SEO. Parasite SEO will be addressed by Google. It's like, again, I don't think it's going to disappear forever and ever and ever, but it could be down big time, I think. Um, I have one question. Yeah. How the fuck... Is Outlook India still ranking for stuff? They still rank, but a lot less. Outlook India, for those who don't know, is a news publication, I think, in India that sell, you can buy a guest post or you buy a post on there for a couple hundred bucks. And it's been used a lot uh, for yeah. Parasite SEO. I mean, people did Parasite it's SEO a, on meme. reviews of <laughs> our course. It's all over Twitter this year. Google has acknowledged it and like, oh, we're looking into it, we're dealing with it. Yet still, as we are recording this podcast, if you're in the US and you search for best online casino, Outlook India ranks number four, number five, and you have SF Gate, which is another one, Miami Herald, which is another one. You can buy there's the Texas uh, Dallas on, uh, Dallas on, News on or something as well. Like yeah, it's like that. It's like it's so funny. It's so easy to catch this. Like I know the domains by heart. Like it's like I know it would probably take us two three days to list eighty percent of these domains <laughs> and just slap them. But there, it has started to change. So for example, Outlook India's Spotlight Outlook Spotlight subfolder, which is where they host all this pirate SEO stuff, went down seventy three percent from thirteen point seven million estimated visits to three point eight million. Three point eight million is still a lot, and they still sell a lot. And you Google best online casinos, there's still a bunch of um, parasites, but it is changing. Like two months ago, it would be only parasites, like best online casino, yeah. nothing else. Now you start to see a couple specialized sites appear in the rankings. So in my opinion, it's already started, but they're probably not happy with where they're at. My, my feeling is that they already have something they're working on and they're manually applying it to a couple of sites to see what happens. So Outlook India, for example, and, and just see, and then probably it didn't go down enough because they still get a lot of traffic. And so they're refining it and they just use these sites as guinea pigs to release it. But I think the way it's going to work is Google is going to update the webmaster's guideline even further to highlight that you should not do that third-party hosted content with affiliate links, basically, or like they'll find some wording, etc. And six months later, they start manual penalties and or an algorithm update that does this if they can actually do that. So yeah, it's like they know about this. They mention it. Danny Sullivan mentions that he understands. And I think Parasite SEO will still exist. Potentially, the game will be finding sites that are not overused for Parasite SEO and or getting exclusivity deals or something like this. I guess it might become something a little bit different. I think it's going to change the beast more than kill it completely. But Parasite SEO, as we know it, I think by the end of next year, it's going to be very different and a lot less viable. I mean, it was never it was never like a long, long-term strategy. It was like, it was a they land make a lot grab. Of money. Like, let's make, make a lot of money and you can make a lot of money with that um, yep. from for a period of time. Uh, but it's, yeah, you're not building a brand. You're not building a business there. It's how long can you hold on type thing. Yeah, um, and speaking of holding on, link farms and link farmers have been holding on for for far too long, and I think next year we're in for a big link related algo update. It's been a long time since they've actually focused on links. They've talked about links. They've really brought it to to people's attention. It's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. People just 
build whatever they want without too much of a, a care in the world at the moment, really. They kind of ignore the bad um, links, I think, now. Like, they just, they don't punish you for building bad links. Which means that you're almost incentivized to build some bad just links because you know, wall, some, yeah. some of those might get through or be classified as, you know, medium links. And then just messes up the it makes jo google's job harder because they have to kind of figure out more there's more of these links going on and skewing things the way they they probably shouldn't be be skewed so i i think that we're long overdue now and hopefully it will happen next year that we'll have a big update here and uh, there'll be a, a few yeah. tiers and uh, it will change perceptions in in that end of the industry a bit so hcu a lot of people suspect i think it was told by Google that it's basically some kind of like AI ranking factor. So it's like they use a language model to evaluate the page or something and then try to decide like how good the page is. My feeling is that they do something similar to links. So this is the on-page version of that. So it's the Panda version of using AI, like modern AI into ranking pages. And then something similar is going to happen to links. So the penguin side of thing is brewing. And eventually they evaluate your link using artificial intelligence, trying to decide like how valuable that link is rather than just be very mechanical like they've been historically. The problem is it's probably, it's even more work, right? Because like one page can have hundreds of links. So think about the amount of computing power needed to process that because it's, it's so much more than just pages. So it's like they're probably trying to figure that out. Their next language model, Gemini, has different sizes that is optimized for different computing powers, basically. So they will have like smaller size language models that potentially can be applied there. And it's like, I think this is this one's a bit of a gamble as a prediction, it might be the year after, but applying AI to evaluate links, it's inevitable as the cost decreases and old shitty tactics still work very well. I have a story on that, actually. We did a big disavow on one of our sites that had a lot of shit links, like links that we're not happy with today, but we used to do back in the day. And and talking about throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. So this site has lots of bad links and we're like, well, potentially that's one of the reasons why it hasn't performed very well lately. And after the disavow, despite the fact that most of these links are pretty shit that we disavowed, the traffic went down actually. <laughs> so it means some of these links were lifting the traffic up, not necessarily all of it. And potentially to get out of like death wish list or something, you potentially need to do that. But it does mean that throwing stuff at the wall is not necessarily a bad strategy right now. And that needs to change from the eyes, uh, from the perspective of Google. And so that's why I think this year or potentially the year after, we'll see. This one, I think we take a risk on this one. Let's talk about the next one. Yeah, SGE. So SGE rolls out, but does not kill SEO. So if you look at the, the dates on SGE, when they started, I didn't check recently, but when they rolled it out, it was like end of 2023. So for the beta, you know, uh, so potentially, but like they can do multiple things. They can either roll it out or they can start another beta program with a different version of SG, right? It doesn't mean it rolls out. I don't think it rolls out on January 1st. Like I don't think so. So I think, and it's rolling out gradually as well. Like I think in the US they started rolling it out already. But like the way it works is like now SG has this generate function. So it doesn't always generate results right away. You have like, oh, do you want results from AI? And then you click the button and it just generates the SGE stuff. I think a lot of that's going to roll out because it's just much cheaper for Google. SGE now links to sites. And also a lot of queries don't have SGE these days. Uh, so a lot less queries, I feel, trigger SGE than at the beginning. They were trying triggering it for everything. You, you type a brand and they generate like the history of the brand when you're just trying to navigate to the website, for example. So like they, they, they are going to be a more conservative on that and it's not going to be a massive hit on SEO, especially if it removes the feature snippet actually. And you're not the feature snippet. So yeah, SGE rolls out, but it's going to be a lower impact than SGU, for example, I think. So that's pretty much it. And the last one, 
is GPT-5 slash Gemini content makes your GPT-4 site feel outdated. Basically, new languages, new language models are coming out next year. Gemini is supposed to come in the first quarter of next year. So probably like a February release or something like that. Gemini is Google's competitor to GPT-4. They've worked very hard on this. Like the Power model they have now was just a quick answer to ChatGPT and OpenAI to just be like, hey, we're here. And so the shareholders don't lose face in Google. But Gemini is there their quality work, like the stuff they're proud of. They took their time and now they're kind of entering the race properly with this model. And uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see how good it is, especially for content. GPT-5 probably rolls out a couple of weeks later. Like my guess is OpenAI is going to be sit on, sitting on it until Google rolls out their stuff and then just steals the PR by rolling out their model right after and making it a bit better. But in general, like we are entering this cycle of new AI models being released yearly or something like this, yearly, year and a half, something like this. And so that's going to really give us some clarity on the business model of AI content creation for websites. Like how outclassed is your 100,000 pages AI content when a new model rolls out? How obsolete are you? And how easy is it to steal your rankings using the new model that does a better job. And so like, because of that, we'll get much, much more clarity on the economics of generating large websites with AI, basically, and understand the true ROI. But just to be clear, your, your prediction here is that it's going to be such a big difference that the GPT-4 content's going to... It might not be like a, in reading in style, but I think it's like, maybe it's going to be better at following instructions. In or results. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like maybe it's going to yep. follow instructions more closely or like have new capabilities that allow you to, I don't know, pull Ahrefs data that helps you do a bunch of like cool shit that essentially makes the sites you've built this year with AI feel outdated and, and it's very easy to outrank them. And so like you've invested... Still lots of money. If you use a tool like Corolla, et cetera, you spend a few dollars per article. If you spin out thousands of pages, you're, you're, you're spending money and you need links as well to these sites. So you're throwing money at this. And it's like, we don't know how long, like even if you're still ranking today, even if you're not getting clapped by updates, let's say you're just competing naturally in SERPs. Like how long does that last? And how quickly can someone just getting a new model take your stuff without much effort? That's going to be... And so my feeling is that between the technical progress of the way the content is generated and the new models, a lot of people are going to a little bit be surprised at how all the work they've done in 2023 has very little relevance in 2024 and people can come and scoop their rankings because they can just generate better stuff because of how fast the technology is moving, basically. And then it's like, it's going to put some realism in front of the AI-generated site model, even for those who do a decent job and don't get killed by updates, etc. That's the last prediction. Any final words of wisdom for people before we wrap this up or we're good? No final words of wisdom, but uh, we're, we're going to be taking a, a three-week break over Christmas New Year. I think we're going to be back on the first Monday, the 1st of January, 2024. Mm -hmm. What are we going to be doing in that episode? We are going to be talking about the changes that we are making to uh, our businesses and running sites in 2024. So we're going to, like this was predictions. The next one is really like, okay, what should you change? How should you approach things differently in terms of classic SEO, monetization, and a bunch of other stuff, basically like uh, updates and so on. So like that's going to be a, a more serious episode. This one was more of a fun one. And uh, yeah, should be should be interesting to talk about that. We're still drafting a lot of plans right now, but I'm fairly positive that a lot of things are gonna change. But I'm also fairly positive that the people who 
adapt will do well next year. If you can't wait for January 1st, what you can do and you want more content from us, what you can do is go on autoyahackertraining.com where we have a free training on getting started with your own sites. You'll check it out. It's a full video training and then there's a special discount on one of our courses after that. So check it out. Otherwise, thank you for listening and we'll see you on January 1st for the next podcast episode. Bye.